Each one of us wants to feel loved. We seek a partner. We navigate dating introductions to hopefully find someone to share our lives with. We commit to a relationship and try to make it work. We fail. And we find the courage and energy to start over. We all want to be loved. We seek love. We find someone to love. And then what happens next? Today, I'm talking to Richard, who is the husband of Tina, who was episode one and two, a beautiful love story. And today, I want Richard to give us his side of, of such a magical event that has led them to 10 years of marriage with two children, two dogs, uh, a wonderful relationship uh, with its own challenges and, and journey. And uh, But Richard's here today to, to round out a little bit of that magic story that Tina shared with us about how they met, how quickly they knew this was the one, and how you know, over 10 years, they have found ways to renew their relationship and stay connected and, and fully in love, as as you can hear in Tina's voice in those uh, podcasts, how, how much she still loves Richard. Now we've got Richard's uh, side of the story to give us a little bit about how that relationship opened up for him and maybe what was going on in his life when Tina walks in the door at the, at the uh, conference and, and how that journey looked from his side. So Richard, thank you for giving me a little time today to talk to you. Uh, we've been friends for a couple years and uh, always great to talk to you. And I'm, I'm really looking forward just to hearing some of the story that I'm so excited about that I don't know your half. And, and I want to hear the, men, the man uh, talk about how this journey obviously transformed your life for the better. And here we are. So Richard... Uh, thank you so much, and uh, tell us just a little bit about yourself, and um, you know, kind of orient us a little bit, and then I'll bring us back to uh, the the Tina story. So tell us a little bit about what you do in the world, and what yeah. you're working on in life, and kind of how you uh, how you walk the earth. Yeah, and uh, thanks for having me, John. I uh, well, let me let me give you the quick synopsis. I was born in New York. My parents moved my family to, my sister and I, to California when I was one. I grew up with a New York family on the West Coast. Wow. Which means that there is a different philosophy of family from New York to California. Mm. My friends in California, I love them to death. Their families tend to be a bit more superficial. Mm. Uh, it's not as family-oriented, and so um, that's... That's where I was when I was a kid. Uh, I moved to Texas when I was 23. We moved to Austin. Uh, we moved our company to Austin. And when I was 27, I got married mm. uh, to a woman named Jennifer. And we were married until I was about 32. Mm. And then we ended up divorcing. And I spent a year going through counseling with the marriage counselor that we had uh, both used Wow! to go through the marriage counseling. When it was over, she knew so so much about me that I decided to continue talking to her. With her as, a, as an individual therapist. Wow, that's yeah. pretty brave. Yeah. Yeah. And 
I then got comfortable. What was the, uh, I just, I'm fascinated by that. That's a, that's such a great direction for yourself. Was it to try to help sort out what had happened and what had gone wrong? Or was it more personal journey for you and where you're going? And I mean, obviously it started out with the divorce and that's mm -hmm. how you met her. Yeah. But, but what were your intentions when you decided to continue with her? Well, I realized that I was at least half of the issues, if sure. not more. Sure. I think I think each side is probably uh, guilty of sixty percent. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> uh, they think the other side is forty percent. Yeah. The uh, the opportunity to talk to her about me and to figure out where where I was and where I wanted to be. That, uh, that was a big change for me to go through. Mm -hmm. And so it was with her that I took a lot of homework mm. to read books. You know, the, the, uh, uh, the books out on personal, spiritual, relationship connections mm -hmm. were super important for me. Any big titles that, that, you, that oh, were five, harbingers for you? Yeah, or? the five love languages. Yeah, big one. The Four Agreements. Yep, another one. Beautiful. Uh, one, of the, uh, one of the books that I read was called Codependency No More. Oh, yeah. I know it well. And there were a couple other books on codependency. Yeah. Because what I realized was uh, my relationship was a touch codependent. Mm -hmm. And when a touch, that could probably be anywhere between 0% and 100%. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say a touch, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so... Um, what I had to do is I had to spend some time with myself being comfortable with myself. Yeah. And I sold my house in Cedar Park. Mm -hmm. I bought this little house in Zilker. And while I was remodeling the house, tearing walls out, placing windows. As single, right? As still, still staying single on purpose. Still sing, I'm, I'm staying guessing. single. Okay. I was working on myself as much as the house. Yeah. And the metaphor for my my journey was the first thing I did I ripped up the entryway to the house mm. and I redid it and that's where I started with me I worked on mm -hmm. the entryway to me yeah you know the 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 conversations that I was having sweet the people that I was meeting well then I also had to work on the inside there were <laughs> these two <laughs> small bedrooms and I ended up taking a wall down between them well, that was also me in my head going, I need to open up space and make space for somebody. And if, I, if, if I'm cautious with the space that I create and I'm careful with how I design that space, the person that fits in that space will probably be a good fit for me. Wow. And I know that I'm connecting real estate and relationships together. Um, in this case, it, it it sort of was that because well, the framing though of a house and that and that frame, as it were, of where you were in your life is beautifully illustrative of of what you're trying to do to yourself. Yeah. Tear down some of the walls, yes. build a more perfect Richard, or not perfect, but a more available and vibrant yeah. Richard, knowing yourself better. Yes. And uh, it's a beautiful metaphor. The, uh, um, and then I, I dated over the course of about five years, um, or four years at that point, I guess. Um, and 
it just happened to be that I was at the right place at the right time and met uh, the lady that uh, yeah. changed everything. Well, tell me, before we get there, tell yeah. me just a little bit about what dating was like because that's what a lot of people are really struggling with. What do you what do? You do? How was it for you? How were you finding dates? Were yeah, you, this what, was through like, your this, experience. This was 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I, I was dating up to the point I met Tina. Mm-hmm. And so 10 years ago, there there was no mm-hmm. Tinder. Uh, I think some people had Match.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I did mm-hmm. Match.com a little bit, but mm-hmm. it, it wasn't really a good fit for me. Uh, what I ended up doing was I just started socializing with friends at local drinking establishments, oh, as okay. most people okay. did. Yeah. And you'd end up just by happenstance sitting next to somebody who you start a conversation with and then say, oh, we should, wow. you know, like, hey, maybe maybe we can come back and hang out again. Okay. Right. You know, well, was, that's good. So it, more pretty casual, but you were intentional casual. in looking for another relationship in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. Okay. I think so. I was comfortable with myself. With that taking a year to really focus on me, and not focus on a relationship allowed me to identify the issues that I had with codependency and work through them and be comfortable and happy with me. I was excited to go home and I was excited to, to just, I, I mean, I, I, I was firing on all cylinders yeah. in my, in my life. Yeah. It was my personal relationship life that uh, became more friends and spending time with friends and just having a great time. Mm-hmm. And then relationships started creeping back in. Yeah. 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 As we get healthy, mm-hmm. we begin attracting other people that are also healthy. When we're wounded and we end a relationship and we go back out before we're healed up, we end up attracting those kind of people and often end up in relationships that are disastrous because we're codependent or seeking some lack in ourselves. But it sounds like you took the time to sort of orient yourself and put yourself back together and identify certainly some of the codependency issues that we didn't even have labels for 20 years ago, yeah. right? And and so you were back feeling like you were on your game in love with yourself and your life, and now why not have a partner, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, had, uh, I had remodeled the house and it was done. Oh, wow, okay. And... Uh, yeah. When I met Tina, sweet, and and we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. I, but I want to I want to tie this together while we're talking about it. Yeah. So when I met Tina, and she ended up coming over to my house, she noticed that there were no closets in in the big master <laughs> bedroom that I had opened up. I just had these two curio cabinets. Oh, funny. And her her take was, man, you need some closets in here. <laughs> and so I uh, I built closets. That's really funny, right? Yeah. Man, you need some closets in here if you're going to be in a relationship with a woman. That's right. You know, if this is a bachelor pad, you've done quite well. Totally. You know, but that's a wonderful statement for her to, mm-hmm. uh, just an observation. She probably wasn't leading, but she was saying, wow, there, there's no closet space for yeah. if you have a relationship. Maybe yeah. not with me. That's amazing. Yeah. That's funny. So so let's let's uh, yeah, yeah. so we'll get back to that. I just want yeah. to make sure that we can have a callback for later. Okay. Yeah, that's that. sweet. Yeah. So I had been dating and 
I, I've been in the tech industry for a long time. Yeah. Uh, to give you a little background on, on me on a, on a work basis, I started my first company when I was 14. Um, it was a voice recognition hardware company that failed miserably, as, as most 14-year-old businesses should. I then uh, started a company called The Mobile Mechanics off of my friends telling me that I need to do you know, because I fix their cars and I can fix my car. Why oh, can't I fix okay. others? Interesting. And so I had a mechanics business uh, from the time I was 16 till the time I was, I guess, 20. Wow. 21. Wow. And uh, and then over the years, I've done all sorts of different things. Uh, currently, I head up innovation for a company called Doctor.com. Yep. They're out of New York, and I work out of the Austin uh, at a home office. I uh, for the last 20 years. I have been associated with Operation Turkey. Right. I founded it back in 2000. And Operation 20 Tur years? Is that what you said? 20 years ago. My goodness. So I had the idea for a nonprofit to feed the homeless, and I picked Thanksgiving because it was uh, uh, it was just a, a simple, easy holiday that is easy to understand. Yeah. You know, you either have eaten yet or you haven't eaten yet. Wow. And I thought that uh, there was so much waste at Thanksgiving, people, you know, saving it for the next day, that why don't we all just plate up some food and take mm. it to somebody who needs it? Mm. So that year I fit. Well, I'll have all your, I'll have those links, obviously, on the podcast. Yeah. That'll be wonderful. Yeah, yeah, sorry, I can talk about that for no, ages. No, 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 that's fine. Uh, and then, uh, uh, you know, my, uh, my main focus in life is our two boys and Tina. Right, being a dad. Yeah. And a lover and a husband. Yeah. yeah. My job is to raise two adults. Nice. They're children now. They are not going to be children forever. Mm -hmm. And so my main job right now is to provide them lessons on life, love, relationships, education, career, family. Dealing with crisis, dealing with yes. trauma, dealing with the death of a dog, for example. Which dealing with the death of a dog. Happened. Yeah. Uh, dealing with cancer. Right. At the age of seven for our oldest boy. Dealing with... Your cancer, not the seven-year-old boy's correct. cancer. Yeah, correct. Correct. Just want to be clear on that. Yeah, my cancer. That How old are your I, kids? I can't say it was my cancer. Right. I don't personalize it. The cancer that had come into that my body. Up, yeah. yeah, that showed up. That's no longer there. That was tough. And your yeah. question again was... Yeah. So your two kids. You have two kids. Tell yes. me their names and how old they are, and, and we'll get back to your... Yeah. So we have Alec, who is seven, uh -huh. and Skye, who is four and a half. Right. Well, and a half. And a half. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Great. And so your job as, uh, as the man yeah. is to provide for them the... the loving environment to become healthy, strong adults. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't have that when I was growing up. And so I realized that it's up to me to create what that looks like. Yeah. And for me, being very spiritual, not religious, but very spiritual and connected with, with my heart mm -hmm. and connected with other people's hearts, I want to make sure that our two boys grow up being healthy, mentally capable, uh, intelligent, and high EQ individuals. Yeah, yeah. Emotional intelligence is the EQ, right? Absolutely. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. Sweet. 
Well, that's, uh, well, so that brings us to how did uh, you and Tina show up or what happened? Because we know you showed up at a tech yeah. conference and you ended up at the back of the room sort of having these discussions. And at some point you said in, in her interview. Yeah, I, 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 I basically asked her to go next door to have a drink. Yeah. And that was because we, we had had this conversation. You know, she was wearing jeans and she was wearing this red, almost like a cowgirl short shirt uh, top. And, uh, you know, I had this blue sweater on that uh, I had a backpack on at the same time, <laughs> I, I believe. Uh, High nerd quotient. Yeah, yeah, part. definitely. Okay. And, you know, I, I just ended up talking to this woman and was captivated. Mm. It, it was, it, 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 it hit me out of left field. I went there to hang out with some friends and see friends. And I saw plenty of friends that evening. And it just happened to be that we were sitting there and some, I, Tom Singer, who's a good friend of mine, he mm -hmm. had gone up and talked and we were watching Tom. We both knew Tom. And then a gentleman came up and he was going to open up a beer bottle with a saber. And while oh, it wow. sounded really cool, like opening up a champagne bottle with a saber, yeah. open up a, a beer bottle, Tina was much more interesting. And I don't even remember seeing what happened with the bottle. Wow. Wow. Nice. Well, well done. Uh, your attention went to the, the most important thing in the room at the moment. Oh my goodness. My, I mean, yeah. Mass has weight and weight has gravity. I, uh, there was an attraction to Tina, uh, because she was, she was more than just, you know, the, the, the person in front of me. You could see that or I should say I could see through my conversation with her that she she was much more than just the person in front of me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I wanted to find out what that was. And that's that sensing on all levels, like you say, being empathic mm -hmm. and being spiritual. You guys were tying your souls together at some point in, in the conversation and recognizing things that you liked that sparked you yeah. up. I mean, the conversation that we had was one that was, I, I almost want to say it was daring and safe at the same time. Mm -hmm. You know, we were, we were open with each other and transparent with each other. And also, I, I, I believe, a touch reserve because we're both people that can overwhelm somebody with the amount of attention, emotion, mm. and intelligence that we can bring to a conversation. Yeah, for and sure. It, nice. It, it was yeah. it was something that we were both being a little guarded with because yeah. if I if I just completely verbally vomited all over the table all the stuff that I, I had going on and things that were happening right. that oftentimes can be quite scary for somebody. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And when I was dating to try to tell the same stories again and again and again to people about like oh what do you do and. You know, yeah. How'd you get here, and where are you going, and, yeah. and that? With Tina, the conversations were a whole lot different. Uh huh. It was. It, it, it even was, after the even after the first discussion, as you met after that, y'all's conversations tended to be much deeper, or more. Yeah, even that first conversation, okay. though. You know, she let it out, 
and I think it was a, a bit challenging for her that you know she ran her own company mm-hmm. because that can be a little overwhelming for a man Absolutely. who may not be in a similar position. Yeah. And at the time, I was running my own company, and we realized, oh, we understood each other a little better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When it came to what are the challenges that you're having, mm-hmm. you know, uh, there's a there's a book called The Messy Middle that explains ninety oh, percent nice. of a company's journey, and it's really messy. The messy middle, okay. And Tina understood the messy middle, mm-hmm. and I think what helped her is that I understood it too, and I wasn't scared when I, she would say something like, "Oh, I have to, I have to go and I have to, you know, hire three or four people." Mm. And I wasn't, you know, completely oblivious to the idea of we have to let this person go and it's really hurting me. Yeah, yeah, right. And we shared that intellect. Mm-hmm. And I think that when, when, you're, when, I'm young, when I was younger, there needed to be less of an intellectual similarity between me and the person that I was dating there had to be more of a financial similarity. Mm. Like, mm-hmm, hey, mm-hmm. Um, you know, I want to I go uh, to an amusement park. I don't think, can I afford to go to an amusement park? It's like, what day are we going to go? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If the other person is struggling with, oh man, I'm going to have to save up for a few weeks to be able to go. Yeah. Um, when I was younger, that was really, that, 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 that tended to create more conflict than the other. Sure. As I got older, it wasn't about the financial aspects. Right. It was about the intellectual aspects. Yeah. Are they going through similar things? Mm-hmm. And can we understand each other as we go through them? Because mm-hmm. whether we like it or not, we're going to go through these things together. And at this point, as two single people, those intellectual conversations and struggles that you're going through are not relational. They're about your job and your ego and what's going on in your daily life and are you making a living and do you have to fire somebody and those kind of things are huge that's all you got right you're single you're not you know navigating the waters of the relationship and so those are that's the construct and the context of which you guys had could have a conversation about it yes you know so that's brilliant yeah yeah and the uh it was a world it was it was a whirlwind Meeting Tina, mm-hmm. and I think she told you that, you know, she she and I met on a Wednesday. <laughs> she did. She had specific dates. She uh-huh. really did. Yep. And on Saturday was our date, our first date. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was one of those things that it was like. The closer it got, the more excited I got, and it was like I'm just gonna drop everything and focus on this woman and I was so excited that's why when I got there and we sat down at the mm-hmm. couch at the clay pit I just gave her a kiss right there I'm like you know let, let's start the evening off with a kiss not end it with a kiss I'm all in yeah yeah what a gift right that's so intentional it's so loving and it's so exemplary of who you are you led with your love, absolutely, from date one. Yeah. After one long extended conversation, you showed up as the lover. I mean, completely open, 
and ready for whatever's about to happen, but I want to let you know right here, this is my sensuality, this is, here I'm coming right in and I'm going to open the boundary between us yeah. before we even have a conversation. I'm Wonderful. Gonna, I'm going to set my intention where I set my attention. Yeah, yeah. Very intentional. And and just, you know, I think that uh, I know today in dating that sort of, uh, you know, it's so rare, right, to have that much of a connection like you had in that first conversation with mm -hmm. Tina that your thoughts and intentions were aligning long before you had that first date with her. And by the time your world and your spirit caught up with this concept of Tina, you were all in. You were ready to show up at that point and give her a little bit more of the blast of who you really are, yeah. right? And, and yeah. a kiss is a, is a pretty powerful uh, show. You know, it's a pretty powerful event. So, wow. Well done. Yeah, it was a, it was a good kiss. Yeah. As simple as it was, it was the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. So you had a, a, a nice time at the clay pit. Yep. Uh, and any of the rest of the trajectory interesting to uh I, you know obviously you heard what tina had to yeah. say and i love hearing her explain it like when we get together with other people and they say how did you meet yeah i always love hearing her tell it yeah because right she has this this knack for telling stories yeah that's her business is to yeah. help the other that's people true. tell stories so that's true having her tell the story is always just oh it's so wonderful yeah the, uh, well, the, so if you were to give her a kiss or a gift today, mm -hmm. it might be how you tell that story. And I don't want a complete retelling, but maybe yeah, there's let a... Me, maybe let, me there's a the, let me hit the high points. Okay. The, the kiss was the kiss that started this thing off. And that went right over to dinner. And the conversation at dinner was just amazing. The... The focus that we had on our dogs <laughs> was uh, a big signal to both of us. George and Clifford were my boys. I mean, they were my boys. Mm. They saw me through every bit of good and bad uh, that my life had had at that point with them in it. Mm -hmm. Tina had Jasper, and we talked about our, our boys. And it was super important that our boys meet. And it was wow. something that we wanted to make happen on the first date. And really? If, and if you, you, I, you, you, you guys had actually kind of outlined. I know she said in the day in that first meeting, you showed her the picture of your dogs, and she showed you the picture of her dogs. Mm -hmm. And so there was some concept that you, your guys were gonna, your boys were gonna, yeah, meet as part of this. So we had this fantastic dinner, great conversation, and then that got to, hey, we should, you know, the, the dogs should meet too. <laughs> and It's so great. The dogs did meet. Um, as Tina says, it, it, was, it was whirlwind. Like all of this stuff was happening. And I, 
I don't even know if the world was spinning at the time. My world was spinning at three or four times as fast as normal. Mm-hmm. I, you know, Jasper met George and Clifford. Uh, we had the opportunity to go over to Tina's house that she had on the uh, east side of Austin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I lived in Zilker at the time. And the dogs got along famously. We, uh, uh, you know, we, we spent a, long, a lot of time together in those first few days. Mm-hmm. And then I got the call that she was going to Mexico and wanted me to go with her. Yeah. And I called, I had two businesses at the time, and I called both business partners at each company and said, I got to go see about a girl. Nice. What a great phrase. I got to go see about a girl. Well, that's, that's the same one that Robert Williams used in Goodwill Hunting. Oh, sweet. I got to go see about a girl. Yep, and he put his tickets on the table for his friends, and wow. they, they went and they saw the World Series. Wow. Nice. And for me, that, that was me. I, I, I got to go see about a girl. I'm all in. You know, I, uh, I, I'm... She's invited you to Mexico. You're going. Yeah. And, and I, you cleared the path, and both your businesses said, All right, sure. dude, we understand. Yeah. You gotta go see about a girl. And I did. All right. And we yeah. uh, we flew down together and had a great time in Mexico. She had this little uh, necklace that said, I am beautiful. And I remember just holding it up with her mm. in the background, thinking, Yep, you're beautiful. Wow. So we've heard Tina's side of the story in episodes one and two. Today we heard Richard bringing us up to the point where they're in Mexico and he's going to propose marriage. It's a great story and I can't wait to bring you part two where Richard lays out what the last 10 years have been like being married to the love of his life. Thanks for listening to Love on the Air. This is John McElhenney and I'll see you on the whole parent. Thank you.